Welcome to your Lighting Lady podcast, a place for inspiring ideas and practical advice to help you improve the lighting in your home. I'm Josie Ratton, a former lighting designer and lover of all things home design. I use my two decades of experience to provide simple ways you can have the lighting you love. I hope you'll join me and get ready to be inspired about the difference good lighting can make. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your Lighting Lady podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about landscape lighting and what to consider to create your own outdoor oasis. Landscape and outdoor lighting is increasingly popular nowadays for safety and security reasons, but it's also used to increase curb appeal and for you to enjoy the outside of your home in the evenings, either on patios and decks or out in the garden or the views out of a window. If you're going to be buying some landscape lighting, spend some time considering the functions of your garden and outdoor areas, as well as your desired aesthetic, and what is the purpose for adding landscape or other outdoor lighting. I'm going to go through three things to think about when planning your landscape lighting design. Number one, what areas, features, or objects do you want to light, and what mood are you trying to create? Are you trying to create a cozy, romantic mood for the evening with low-level or concealed lighting. You could use lighting hidden in a railing around a deck, or soft glowing bollards, table lamps, or other decorative lights. Dimmers are a great thing to use to create just the right mood you're wanting. Do you want to illuminate a patio for family gatherings using wall sconces, or hanging pendant lights from a trellis, or festoon lighting? Make sure you have the right amount of task lighting at barbecues so you can see what you're cooking. Do you have a sculpture, a water feature, or trees or planting you want to highlight? Is there an area of your garden where you're concerned about security or safety and you want to illuminate it? Do you want to light some of your pathways to reduce trip hazards after dark and mark its boundaries? Using short stake-mounted lights evenly spaced along the path, with the light aimed downwards, helps you and your guests navigate a garden after dark. Path lights can also help your home's curb appeal and make it look welcoming. Number two, choose the technique you want to use to light these areas or features, and then decide what type of light fixtures and light source will achieve this effect that you want. In terms of light sources, most people use LEDs nowadays, but some people still use incandescent or halogen lights. Spot or accent lighting from ground-mounted, stake-mounted, or recessed in-ground fixtures are used to illuminate planting areas or shrubs and trees, and they can be concealed within a plant to soften the light, or aim towards the plants for more sparkle and more drama. They're also used to highlight features such as sculptures or textured walls. If you want to highlight a sculpture or another 3D art feature or a tree, You could consider using multiple light fixtures with low light outputs that you can then aim at different angles and distances to help bring out the three-dimensionality of the object. Aiming one light directly at a statue will create some harsh shadows that you probably don't want. Grazing interesting surfaces by placing lights up next to them, like tree bark or textured walls, can really add some visual interest and enhance those features after dark. Another interesting technique to consider is silhouetting an object or plant by putting a light behind it. If you uplight on trees or sculptures or textured walls, it can be very dramatic in a garden, 
but do try to minimize the amount of light that goes straight up into the sky, which causes light pollution. Use low-output fixtures or put them where some of the stray light might be stopped by a tree canopy or a building overhang. A moonlighting effect can be created with a soft, diffuse light source which you mount high in a tree and aim it through the branches towards the ground, and it creates this dappled light effect like you'd get from a moon. It can be lovely on a patio or a seating area that's surrounded by tall trees. Be careful, though, to aim the light so they don't shine in your eyes when you're seated below them. You could also use underwater lighting in pools or fountains to create a dramatic effect at night. Using dimmers at these features does let you dial in just the right amount of light you want. Maybe at a party you want it to be brighter, more dramatic, and at other times you just want it to be a softer glow. And number three, select what power source you want to use. Do you want to use line voltage, 120 volt? Or do you want to use low voltage, typically 12 or 24 volt? So line voltage fixtures are typically used when they're mounted directly to the house, like a wall sconce, a porch light, a ceiling light. But if line voltage is used outside in landscape, it can be expensive, as a licensed electrician is probably going to be needed to bury the wiring deeper underground or in conduit to protect it from the water. Low voltage garden lights are more typical and are more popular. They actually use a transformer that converts the line voltage from the house to low voltage, which is then easier and simpler for you to install on your own. Solar lights are by far the easiest lights to install, and they can also save on your electricity bill because there is no wiring. They're outdoor lights that have a small solar panel on the top that charges during the day and then illuminates at night. Low-level stake-mounted solar lights are often used along pathways, which actually eliminates the need for long wiring runs, especially if the pathway is really long. Solar lights often don't have a high light output compared with a similar electric light, so you might need to get more of them or put them closer together, say along a path, to achieve a similar effect. Do make sure if you use solar lights that they're put in areas that get plenty of daylight and not in dark or shadowed parts of the gardens, or you might actually not get enough sunlight for them to work properly. Or alternatively, you could use a remote solar panel that would power them. I'm going to talk a little bit about dark sky lighting, which you might have heard of. So dark sky outdoor lighting is designed to direct light onto the ground and not up into the sky. Light that goes into the sky, either directly from a light fixture or when it's reflected off a surface, is called light pollution and it contributes to sky glow. Some communities actually require the use of dark sky lighting outside homes, but even if yours doesn't, there's still some good reasons why you might want to use it. Bad lighting or poor placement of outdoor lights can also cause problems like glare for yourself or your neighbours, and also light trespass, which is when light from your property illuminates onto a neighbour's property. Choosing fixtures that aim light towards the ground reduces glare and actually improves visibility. You can reduce the wattage and maybe the number of fixtures you need, as there isn't the so-called wasted light, which means you save energy and money. Good outdoor lighting doesn't have to be bright, as it's typically illuminating areas that are surrounded by darkness. Using efficient lights that aim down also improves the visual appeal of your property, as it's more subtle and pleasing to the eye for most people. In terms of color temperature, I would recommend using a warmer white like a 2700 Kelvin 
or less, like 2200 Kelvin, 2500 Kelvin. That's more typical for gardens, and generally it's less disturbing for neighbors. If you live in areas that have turtles, there may actually be requirements for you to use amber lighting outside, as that doesn't disturb their migration patterns. You should look into this if you think it might apply to your area. I'm not a huge fan of colored lighting in general for homes or for gardens, but if you are, you might want to consider it for some features like underwater lighting or like a cool sculpture if you have that, because it does give a visual interest and some playfulness in the garden. I'm just not a fan. I do recommend considering adding dimming, especially at areas where you have brighter lights like decks or patios, and you want more light, say for barbecuing or when you're eating. But then sometimes you want a lower, cozier light level when it's just you wanting to relax at night. Dimmers for your landscape and underwater lighting also lets you create different moods whenever you want them, say for parties or other times. You should also consider getting automatic lighting controls. So these are things like motion sensors or automatic timers or photocells. So they can automatically turn your lights on at dusk and off at dawn or another time schedule if you prefer. And they also help with light pollution and trespass as you're really only having the light when you want it at certain times of day or certain days. Also, if you forget to turn the lights off when you go to bed or you go on vacation, these will do it for you. So a summary about what to think about when you're buying landscape lighting. Consider the function of your garden and what features or areas you want to highlight and the overall ambience you want to achieve. Choose the best lighting to achieve the desired effect, but be creative in mixing techniques. Conceal your landscape and outdoor lighting where you can, except where you're using decorative fixtures. Think about the view from inside your house, as well as when you're out in the garden. Be considerate of neighbors. Don't aim lights into their properties or position lights in such a way as to disturb them. Turn lights off when you don't need them using motion sensors, timers, or photocells. Use fixtures that direct all their light towards the ground when you can, particularly at driveways and pathways to prevent light pollution. And don't overlight. Use lower wattage, lower output fixtures. A little goes a long way with landscape lighting. If there are other topics you'd like me to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram or leave a comment on this episode with any lighting questions you have or topics you'd like me to discuss. And remember, every home deserves great lighting, whatever your budget. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others. And I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps new ones like mine be found by others. If you'd like more lighting inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Your Lighting Lady. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.